Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. Hosted by a comedian who survived a coma and woke up to read his Facebook eulogies eight years ago, that comedian is me. My name's Dave Marr. Hello. Welcome to the show. And my guest this week is Franco Danger. Coolest coolest name of a person we've had on the show. Coolest name in comedy. He is a comedian. I met him on tour when he was opening for Chris Gethard, a buddy and former guest of the show. Gethard was in town, and Franco was opening for him, and we got to talking, and I was like, this guy is so fun and easy to talk to. I feel like I've got a new friend. And he did not disappoint on the podcast. I will also just get some things out of the way up top and say that the show is listener-supported through Patreon. So... If you go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, if you are a listener, you've already met the first requirement, and you enjoy the show, pay 5 or $15 a month, and you can get tons of great stuff, or just feel confident in supporting independent art. Franco definitely fits in the uh, sort of comrades in arms DIY artist category. We got to we got to chat about Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe, my favorite thing, and you'll hear that. But uh, but yeah, if if the the cash and prizes are what you're in it for, you get more of every interview at the Patreon. You also get after shows. You get movie episodes every month, and. So yeah, that's that's what I've got. I'm I'm you might hear me hesitating a little bit because I'm of two minds here. I wanted to come in with good energy and then as I'm starting to record this intro, I just remembered what else I have to do in this intro and I have to find a way to um to to not grind down my energy to shift to downshift my energy to talk about something so i will i will stall that for a little bit longer to say that at the $15 level on patreon those are the pigeon patrons those pigeons get their names said in every episode until the list gets too long that i got to figure out a different way to do it but for now those people and pigeons our, our people, John Lee, Shuba Singh, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidoa, and Debo. Thank you very much to them. So the thing, the thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Mimi Parker from the band Low has died. I got to talk to her and her husband, Alan, the other core member of the band, uh, towards the end of last year. You can go back and listen to that interview. The The episode's called It's Not About Hope, with Mimi Parker and Alan Sparhawk of the band Low. And it's just, it's so sad. I know there, 
I know that she had cancer. I don't know a lot else. It seemed to go on real fast um, and go downhill. But, you know, I I, I am a, a person who has a lot of thoughts about online, online eulogies because I got to read mine. And those thoughts have been, depending at where I'm at in time, they've been gracious, they've been resentful, they've been positive, they've been negative. But my feeling at the moment about these moments of collective memory and grief and eulogizing someone who was a public figure, who most of us don't know personally, is that I think the best any of us can do or most of us can do, is to give people an opportunity to know that person through their work as much as possible. So I'm really grateful that there is an episode of this show out where you can hear Mimi answer the questions I ask about, what do you hope happens when you die? What are your thoughts on funeral planning? If you had to relive one memory, what would you choose? And she answered these things, some in detail, some briefly. And the other thing is that she was really funny when she did. I mean, Low are a heavy, serious band, but they're also a slyly funny band. And people, when they're talking about Mimi, talk about you know, her vocals. She was a singer as well as a drummer. And they talk about the the vision and the clarity and the, the power of her vocals, right? And how comforting and inspiring Low are as a band that, that's willing to look at the dark parts of life and just kind of be there with you. And as an independent artist, I find them incredibly inspiring. Um, I, I talk to them I don't think it made the interview. I think it was on the Patreon. But I talked to them about how crazy it is that these last two records of theirs, Hey What and um God, why am I why am I forgetting the name of the record right before that? It'll come to me. But how crazy it is that at the end not not the end I don't know. You know, at the back end of a 30-year career, Double Negative, that's the name of of the album right before Hey What. But these last two records, the point being, the last two records that they have released after 30-ish years of being a band are some of the best they've ever done. And they laughed and they said, that's, you know, our, our key to success there is not having a hit. So you can experiment all you want. You can do whatever else. And I find that really inspiring. But I say all that. I say the things that everyone or that a lot of people have mentioned. Listen, the most important thing is we all have really intense relationships to low and to these types of public figures in these situations. And I really, despite my thoughts and feelings and occasional insights about these things from a very rare insider's perspective, I do not speak 
from a place of judgment. However everyone does it is good and right. And so I'm not here to present the most unique, interesting take. I'm just here to say that in addition to being poignant and moving and powerful, that on the episode of this show that she did with Alan, she was really funny. She was really funny. Alan would go off in these sort of uh, heady diatribes and she would be like, well, the the question he had, he's just asking this. You know, she's like keeping him in check. She's being direct. She was generous with her laugh. And I'm really grateful that there is this thing that I that I am able to contribute this thing that helps us remember another side of her. Cause these moments always flatten a person into, you know, the, the two dimensions that you see on a screen in words. But the these are these are people, these public figures. And and Mimi Parker is and and was definitely a person and a mother and a wife and a an artist, just a real artist. And she was also really funny. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you're able to go back and listen to that interview if you're so inclined and spend some time in that, you know, to be alive with Mimi for an hour in that interview. And and I'm and I'm really grateful that I get to do this show and that I got to talk to them. So that's that's it. That's the thing. I I haven't I haven't had this happen before. The fucking the death show has not had to uh you know, announce the passing of of guests in the past. And I hope not to do it again anytime soon. But, um, Alan, if you happen to be hearing this, uh, my my deep, deep love and and gratitude and thoughts and uh, and and prayers, you know, genuine prayers. I, i'll I'll pray for Mimi. You know, th- those things aren't substitutes for action in other circumstances, but they're not meaningless when you when you deliver them to a person. Um, so anyway, uh, Mimi Parker, you know, was a great person, and 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 that's it. There's just. Uh, I'm I'm just going to be quiet for a bit on mic here until I I have the next thing to say. Yeah. I I don't so instead I will hand you off to my conversation with Franco. This is me 
and Franco Danger. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like it's... Paint your hell. A custom hell designed to torture you. Hell yeah. Um, No pun intended. How about this? How about every time I laugh, someone nearby goes, ugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just go, ugh. And you're like, oh, yeah. I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to enjoy something. And they're just like, ugh. You know? Okay, okay. So it's a yuck your yum situation. Yeah, where it's just like, People disgusted in me for no reason. And I'm trying to just like, I'm just trying to do me, dude. There's that. There's um, steamrolling. A lot of steamrolling. Okay. I try to say something and then someone's like, yeah, okay. Um, Well, uh, I have a story. And they just go ahead and do that constantly because that happens. That happens a lot. <laughs> my happens, day to day my day to day this happens in conversation or like at work at work what's dude, the situation for years okay. the last like i probably my whole working career it's been i'm a very quiet dude i'm very right. shy i'm very like whatever i don't speak very loud so then when i do people are like oh he's got nothing to say let's just steam right steamroll right over that's so interesting i feel like that is so often the opposite, like the still waters run deep thing. Like when you don't talk much and then someone says something, I feel like people are often like, oh, Franco's got something to say. What is it? Well, I think it's because the people I work with are all like very much older than me. And they have okay. their own interesting, okay. interesting stories, you know, <laughs> um, things that I should be putting in one of my little skits, you know, okay. things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. There's, uh, Has it gotten worse or better that they now that they know you're a comedian? Like, are they like, oh, maybe he's got something to say, or is it like you get your you get your jollies out when you're on stage? Now it's our turn. N- no, I think it depends on the job. There's like some places where I didn't really tell people that I did comedy. My current job, mm-hmm. like they know I do comedy. Um, the job I had before, they just didn't get my sense of humor at all. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I just stopped trying to joke around. Because one time we were talking about something. I forgot what it was, but the punchline that something I said that was funny was like, yeah, and he's going to end up in the garbage or something like that. And then um, uh, the one dude looked at me. He's like, what? What do you mean? And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, never mind, dude. These people don't get what I'm trying to say, you know? Oh, my um, God. See, what I would get a lot is I would just have people... Um, I mean, I hate to separate people into anything and normies, mm-hmm. but it's hard not to when you got these normies muggles, after you we call them just do something silly and they're like, they're like, you're weird, mm-hmm. you're crazy, and you're like, no, I'm not. I just like made a joke, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, dude. So, th- muggles, so do man. both both of these things happen to you? I, I mean, I know that the um not listening happens to you mm. do people this idea of being disgusted with you is that a thing that comes up often in your life no here but this is the thing though i think i think if i'm gonna dig deep real quick i think that's just um uh my anxiety happening out loud like if it was in okay. hell it would be like oh okay yeah i don't laugh out loud very often it it took it took me to um I had to take antidepressants and go through that whole thing until I was comfortable enough to laugh out loud in public like that around strangers or people I didn't really know very well because I thought they're going to think I'm weird. 
So then wow. you, is that like childhood stuff? Did you grow up I, with that? I don't think so. My family was pretty cool. You know, they let me laugh. <laughs> they were like, you're allowed <laughs> to laugh. But I, but everywhere I went, my mom was constantly, hey, don't do that. They're going to yell at you. They're going to yell at you. So I, was, mm-hmm. I always had this fear of getting yelled at. So even now, I try to just stay in my own little space. I try not to get in the way of anything because it's like this little thing in the back of my head that's it's not saying they're going to yell at you. It's just how I act because of the conditioning of I don't want anyone to yell at me. It doesn't even need to transmit words to your brain. No. It just instinctively controls your muscles and your... Yep. Isn't it funny to be a big dude with that yeah. shit too? I'm a hunter. And I think it's for that reason. All my friends yeah. were way shorter than me growing up. So I'm always like hunched over. I'm always like, you know, quiet. I soft spoken. You know, I don't... uh I don't um not I don't interject much. You know, I just let, you know, things happen. People are talking, whatever, and then I'll I'll wait till it's over and then I'll say my piece or whatever. Yeah. So, I just I, I remember in improv classes being um they had this terrible exercise at the end of one um like semester basically, mm-hmm. 8 weeks. And they had all the other students give you notes. You just sit on stage and they're like, this is our impression of you, which is just like, who baby, what? Oh. it was, you know, like, and, and, and a lot of it was good, but I'm just like, if I were a teacher, I would be running this very differently. But one of the things they would say, and I've, I, you know, I go up and down weight wise a ton. And, uh, this, um, this time it was, a was a up an up a heavier period. And, and people were just like, we, they said they wanted to see my like physicality mm-hmm. more, you know, mm-hmm. I, this idea when you're in improv classes where it's like, if you are a big dude, you need to be, especially in Chicago, you need to be like Chris Farley. <laughs> you need to be okay. like moving your body. Cause he was so, I mean, he's like doing ballet basically. <laughs> he's like, an athlete. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, that's not me real. Like I'm kind of, unfortunately I've got this like mass. I've got this, this physical presence in the way that anyone big enough does, but I'm a thinky guy. I'm a, like, I'm a little like talker wordy sensitive guy. And so it's very weird to be like, yeah, we want to see you like, you know, put your back into it basically. And I'm like, I just want to talk about the meaning of life. You know, it just like doesn't (laughs) fit. Dive into a wall. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay. So you've got, uh, you've got people scoffing at you. You've got no one listening to you. Um, I can't taste anything. Mm. That shit would suck, dude. I can't taste it. I mean, like, okay, I'm saying all these things, but this is all in addition to a fiery hell. Right. <laughs> this is all okay. Okay. You know, because you said the the hell. physical torture. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that. There's uh, so much mental. Um, mm-hmm. that I I can put here. Um, let's see what's in the hell. Um, everything's doubled up in calories. <laughs> Everything is doubled up in calories, bro. And you can't taste it. And you can't taste it. So you're like, what the fuck? Always hungry. That would suck ass. Like, Are honestly, you a big calorie counter guy. No, I just I, I I've been up and down with my weight yeah. too. Um, yeah. recently more down than up, but right now I'm kind of like I'm in a weight tennis match right now. 
and this mm-hmm. <laughs> um so but yeah there's that um let's see oh just the idea of like like waking up going to a job and not being funny and like not having anything else like mm. having a job i hate having no dreams having no ambition none of that where it's like oh this is it and if i stop now like i'm you know i'm just gonna starve you know whatever like yeah. the idea of of having a, a job i hate and also not having anything outside of it that i like seems torch torturous yeah, yeah i think so i feel like that would be there dude i can go on about this shit um <laughs> yeah a lot of people pick kind of like one thing and build around that and you're like i've got a fucking list man dude i dude because <laughs> I, I have so many things that oh nothing is ever in the place where i put it that is torture dude <laughs> where you put something down and then you come back to it and you're like i put it right here i put it right here where the fuck are my headphones or whatever the fuck you know what i mean yeah that would be that's like the lighter side of hell you know i don't know if you have uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if you have possessions in hell um oh 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 the idea of this is another anxiety thing uh people thinking i did things i did not okay negative things or positive or just anything negative things like that's why i'm always it's so stupid but i'll walk into a convenience store and i'm always making sure my hands are visible wow and it's not even it's not at this point it's just how i work it's not even like a a, a conscious thing yeah but it's like i don't put my and hands in my pockets just and it all feels psychological none of it feels like racial or bit being a big guy or anything like that mm, it depends on where this convenience store is you know okay, <laughs> okay yeah. um because i think as a kid i grew up in a small town so the guy at the mini mart knew all of us, but he also right. knew that some of my friends were assholes that would steal shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I was always, I always had a guilty conscience. You know, I always like, I'm always, I don't want you to think I'm stealing or anything like that. I know my friend is stolen some shit and I walked in here with them, but I want you to know, dude, I'm up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Light jackets, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got light jackets. Check me, you know, and then some <laughs> yeah. places. Some places is different. They'll look at me and they're like, all right, you know, that's why I don't know. I, I'll walk in. How you doing? You know, I'll, I'll say yeah. something. Hello. I want you to know I'm not a threat, you know, because right. I am a big right. dude. And sometimes I have resting bitch face and I know that. So mm, really, you seem you, it seems like you would be the opposite. You seem like you would have like a to me, you feel very welcoming. Yeah. Well, I was. In a, I was very happy in a very happy place when I met you. You know what I mean? Like okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm featuring for one of my favorite comics. I'm in a, a city I've never dream. been in. You know, I'm meeting people. I'm hanging out. Um, yeah. But if you just saw me at six o'clock on a Tuesday, just running over to Seven Eleven to get something to sure. drink to get to get sure. a bang energy, um, <laughs> 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 you know, you'd see my face, and I'm just like. You know, minding my own business, hunched over, not looking like looking mm-hmm. like from the corner of my eye. You'd be like, uh, "Is this guy up to something?" Maybe, or maybe that's right, my perception right. of what I think people might see me as. You might, sure, you know, sure, sure. I'm riddled with this shit. 
I'm riddled with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And you know, add a little Catholic guilt onto that. Whoo, boy. What do you hope happens when you die? Ooh, I hope, you know, whatever happens after, there's a lot of, like, mercy. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, all right, I was raised uh, Roman Catholic, right? Okay. So let's say at the end of it, um, you know, I, I, I pretty much walked away from my religion. And I'll joke around and be like, yo, I'm Catholic, you know, culturally. I think mm-hmm. I am, but I'm not, you know, I don't believe in it. Um, but I feel like at the end, if there is some kind of God or whatever, he'd be like, yeah, dude, I get it. There's a lot of info out there. You know, there was no way you were going to find the right one. There's like, okay. there's so many. I, I don't blame you for that. You you, you were cool enough. Come through. You know what I mean? You didn't kill anybody. Yeah. You didn't do that. Because you, you would think that they would understand whatever they are. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's pretty hard. You were just, you happened to be born and it was the wrong one that you believed in sorry dude you know that happens Um, i like that it's that your image that the image you're painting of of a god is of a of a what is it is it an older brother is it a is it a guy in the neighborhood just someone who's very like hey man yeah no worries like you you know it's like a guy it's it feels like you know, the librarian, it feels like some mentor type who is like looking out for you, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's um, cause I don't know if this is hacky or not, but it feels like, um, like uh, according to, uh, to the book, to the good book, to the word. Yeah. He's a single yeah. dad, you know, single dad doing his best. He got angry once, you know, flooded the whole earth. And he was like, dude, my bad. I, you know, this is just, <laughs> It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard being a single father. His kid dies, you know? Um, it's mm-hmm. not easy. And I feel like that's just a funny idea. Like just the way I look at it sometimes when I when I hear about these stories. And I'm like, yeah, the dude's trying his best. And I feel like they're like, oh, mercy, mercy. Yeah, probably. He's probably going to be a little more chill than people think, you know? You dinged up the car and he's like, hey, it happens. Yeah. yeah I get it. We've got good insurance. No as, as long as you're safe. You know, you're safe. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're not hurt, that's all that matters. Um, so is that what you hope? You hope for a kind of like an individual God that is merciful, forgiving, and cool like that? Yeah, that. And also, like, I feel because I don't I really don't believe this. It's just one thing like that. Or okay. if, if it is, I hope like, you know, we've had. People say that there's all these, you know, um, multiple universes and shit. And what I hope would be cool as fuck would be if you die, you go to this place and they're like, all right, cool. You get to keep all the lessons you've learned here. And you're going to redo your life. Yeah. You're going to redo your life. But now we're sending you to a different universe where you're starting over, but you know the shit you know. And you get Mm -hmm. to keep those memories and then you start somewhere else. Like this is level one, you know, you don't remember anything. And then you go to level two, some other universe and see almost like there's, there's one being that's like, let's see what happens if we started everyone at level one here, what happens to this earth multiverse, uh, universe number two, let's see if now they have one life that they've learned. Let's see what everyone on their second life is doing on this earth, this universe, Mm -hmm. You know, that would be cool. Like, if I was that being, that's exactly what I would do. 
let's fuck around. I have all these universes I can fuck around with. What if we put everybody on Earth and they all have all this universal knowledge? What happens there? Do they, you know, switch up? Do they, uh, you know, still categorize everybody by race? Do they still, is there an upper class? Is there a lower class? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? You know, they, the lower yeah. class and the upper class have the same amount of knowledge. So now that they're on universe number 103, like, is this, that's, is that still going to be a thing? Everyone has the knowledge. You said you're kids. a gamer and this is a very, <laughs> yeah universe wait did you say everyone has the knowledge of bill gates yeah like everyone has like that bill <laughs> that's, gates knowledge that's your guy with knowledge okay you know elon <laughs> musk bill gates like type of shit everyone like these brainiacs when it comes to finances and and you know uh computers and shit like everyone has know. this level I don't know of if these guys are i don't know if elon musk is a brainiac in anything <laughs> really dude. I, I don't know too much i just threw names out there yeah yeah <laughs> people people that have money i get you though you know what I mean? yeah yeah people that have money and the idea that somehow they 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 used highly specific knowledge to earn the money, even if that's a fantasy and not yeah not true, yeah, or if they got it from dad, either one, you know. Because <laughs> okay. by the time they get to that universe, they will have the knowledge of like an Elon Musk or a Bill Gates or a fucking you know a Gandhi. They'll have all that because they've been through all these. What a universes, list. You know? Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and Gandhi. Like, <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> I just want to distance myself from you in this moment. I just want to be like, Franco does not speak for the podcast. <laughs> These are not my guys. Gandhi seems all right. But, um, so, okay. So it's like reincarnation, but not just on Earth is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Like you go to a different Earth where everyone who's been reincarnated, everyone on their second life is there too. And it sounds like, yeah, that is, that is interesting, but it sounds like you, the fact that you said this life feels like level one, you don't remember anything. Am I, am I correct in assuming that you have not had flashes where you feel like you remember knowledge from previous lives or anything like oh, that? Oh no, I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> If anything were to flash, I'd be like, wow, that did not come from me. You know what I mean? Like, this sure, is brilliant. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I haven't. I don't think I have. I mean, is besides, there a stopping point to the universes? Or is it just uh, infinite refinement? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? So, when you said you would do that if you were that being, you mean, like, you think... Your your vision of this is whatever creature or being or God, however you want to call it, is is doing this for entertainment feels too manipulative, but is doing this for their, um, yeah, yeah, it, in, enjoyment of watching the process fold out. Yeah, it could even be entertainment, you know, who knows if you're something sure. that powerful, why not, you know? Why not? You know, maybe the universe before this one was was monkeys, you know, and then consciousness mm-hmm. hit in, and then we're level one for the new one. I don't know. I'm I'm making it up as I go, kind of, because I'm like, what course, is this idea? Course. You know, I've never really thought uh-huh. this through. I think that we're yeah. really cool, and I think at the end of it, it's just like, it's just the idea. At the end of it, it's just because me, like, I'm sure almost everybody doesn't want this to be the complete end. You know. 
It'd be cool to some, restart. You'd be surprised. Some people seem okay with it, but I certainly, it definitely freaks me out to think about yeah. this being it. Because, you know, who wants to, to, you know, who wants this to end and be like, fuck, I had so many things I should have done, you know, mm-hmm. but this one thing got in the way, whether it be anxiety or just life or whatever, and I never got to do these things. So I also have like, a lot of FOMO. So it's like, mm, I want to try this again. You know? Yeah. Like a respawn. Totally. I think, I think the thing that people use an end, you, you know, the, the common saying about this life being finite and whatever is like, so that should make you seize every moment. And it's like, that's not untrue, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that, yeah, some nights, there's an incredibly fun thing and you're too depressed or mm-hmm. too tired mm-hmm. or, or you accidentally sleep through it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like yeah. that it doesn't change the fact that it's kind of hard to constantly be seizing the day, you know, not yeah. to say we shouldn't try, but like you said, shit gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you think it's like, Oh, I should be going out and doing this. And then you end up, Feeling like, oh, this was ass. I should have just stayed home. I would have right. had a great time at home. Relive one memory. Because this show, Ooh. this podcast came out of my second one-man show, mm-hmm. which was set in the afterlife. And in that show, one of the premises was, in this afterlife, everyone gets to fully relive one memory, you drop down into it, re-experience it as if it's happening again. But you have to pick one. Your other memories aren't wiped. This one just exists like a room you can jump into and out of whenever you want. What what do you pick? Fuck. Hmm. There's so many going through my head. And now I'm thinking, like, do I want to relive that one? It's It's harder when you say one. Yeah. When you're like just one. Um And it's not even a whole day, right? It, up just to you, a, man. Okay. I, I like th- there's no, you know, as- aside from the provocation of the question. I, I, you know, this isn't a this isn't a an exam. So I I'm I'm I however you want to define it, you know. Oh, buddy. If you were like there there was a year where where this was the case. I'm like, okay. I will do I will do I think the first time I ever went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Okay. So maybe not the whole month, but let's just say you know the you know half the two weeks. <laughs> you know, I don't want to uh, or maybe the whole month. It's just there was something about How that. How many times did you go? Twice. Okay, I went twice. Um, were you you were twenty seventeen and and twenty eighteen? Yeah, right. Seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, because I remember we had one overlap, but it, yeah, yeah. I think so that the first time. The what first was it time. about the first time? The first time one. It was. It was the farthest I've, I've been from home. I think. I went to Ireland, but I guess technically Scotland is farther, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's for a whole month. Um, It was the closest I've ever been to 
living like the college dorm life where it was like, mm. but it was like comic buddies. You know, my friends Schaefer yeah. Ward and Kate Nichols were, you know, really good friends of mine. And me and Kate Nichols weren't even, um, we were close, but we, after that, we were a lot closer because we roomed together, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's the first time I ever got to feel what life would be as a comic. You know, you wake up, you don't have to worry about going to a day job. You know, you just wake up, you know, you get your coffee and hang around, maybe write some shit. I wrote five new minutes there, which is the fastest I ever written material uh, at, at the time. You know, I was maybe uh, two years in, two and a half years in. Wow. Um, That's crazy going to Edinburgh after two years. Oh, dude. dude and believe me, like, I, I know there was people talking shit. There was people talking shit in the scene because really? they were like, yo, what are they doing, bro? They they just started comedy. Now they think they can just go to a festival and da da da. Oh, and, Jersey people? Yeah. And then yeah. I was also like, yeah, I would talk shit too. If I was doing it for 10, 15 years in Jersey, stayed in Jersey, and I haven't done the Edinburgh, uh, the French Festival, and then I see these these kids that come in for two years and then think mm-hmm. they can just go do a festival, I'd be like, get better first. You know, I, I get where they're coming from. And then the irony is that doing it for 30 days straight, you get better real fucking quick. Yeah, I got tight, dude. I got yeah. real tight. Because um, what you the th- was it the three of you had a three hander show? You each yeah. split like what, 15 or 20 minutes? It was um, we all did 10 minutes. It was a showcase. So we had other uh, American comedians oh, okay. come in and do guest That's spots. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Schaefer, you know, did the whole thing. He managed the whole thing. He he booked all the other American comics and stuff. Um, we went out there. We bombed our asses off some nights. We, you know, there's things that surprised us. You know, some other nights, you know, we saw Kate like flip a switch one night, and just like you know, after a couple bombs in a row, we just saw her go on stage, pissed off about something, and then it changed the energy of her whole set. And we're like, Yo, who wow. the fuck is this? And That's just started right. like after all of us bombed, bomb, bomb. Then Kate goes up and rocks the fucking house, and we're like, "Yo, oh my, who was that?" And it was so dope because it was it was it. I know stand up is a very individual thing, but in the beginning, it's very much like you and your friends versus the world. And yeah. then so when we saw that, we were like, "Holy fuck, this is this is our LeBron right now," you know. And it was Yo, just a cool wow. thing to see. And then we're like, and we have, we, and we can just drink now like we're done <laughs> we can just drink and eat and fuck around and meet people and then we do it again tomorrow and it was like yeah. the coolest thing it was so freeing dude it, it was it was incredible it was the first were time were you aware of it in the moment how incredible it was oh yeah 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 i think me and kate both shared a couple of tears on our way back home because mm. we were like we don't know if we're ever going to come back here you know yeah. it took a lot from us to get here the first year we're like we have no idea if it's ever going to be this good like we had a hook for our show it was escaping trump's america and he just got elected right you know and like people just flooded in and it was and it happened to be in like a tourist attraction already so we had a bunch of people come watch our show and we saw what was the venue uh frankenstein frankenstein's pub so right you told me this yeah 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 yeah, it's a frankenstein's themed bar um super weird <laughs> so old weird. church um we loved it it smelled horrible upstairs just like uh-huh. moldy wood and stuff it yeah. and downstairs it was gorgeous looked nothing like the upstairs um, but it was like a shitty like s- like slut 
jersey. Here, slut. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me. I, I've I've said the word slut too many times, and it seems like I'm focusing on it. But like, um, the 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 stereotype of Jersey, uh-huh. like a slutty Jersey Shore type bar uh like dance club right like that that was my impression of that place um kinda it was kinda like that but <laughs> I'm just stuck i'm just hitting a record scratch of just going slut, slut yeah and you're like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> um it was kind of like that upstairs um it was the thing though the music choice the choices the dj made were very interesting really like it wasn't top 40 it was mm. a few songs here and there. White Lines was very popping at the time. Um, I think that's what it's called. No, no, Blurred Lines. Blurred, Blurred lines. lines. Yeah, yeah, Blurred oh, Lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, was very White popping. Lines is that old rap song. White <laughs> Lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That would be a wild choice. It was that. And then a lot of like old school, like girls just want to have fun. And then mm. it'd be, um, what was the one song we were all surprised they loved? Uh, I think Wagon Wheel popped off a couple times. They love that. What uh, was it? What's that one? Uh, rock me on like a wagon wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's um, like a country song. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was that. It was just strange. It wasn't like, you know, you go to the other bars and they were playing, you know, their EDM music and, and yeah, like pop songs yeah. and stuff, and uh, which I loved. But this was very interesting. And um, and some nights we'd walk upstairs and it was the Rocky Horror uh picture show but they would play that and they had the actors and all the stuff and yeah. it was it was super cool it was my first time experiencing something like that um very appropriate because all this horror old school mm-hmm. horror movie theme stuff was all around the place and it was very cool but we met really cool people um the staff was really cool we met a bunch of uh other comics there uh, i made some friends there that are still friends to this day um, Canadian friends, you know, really cool guys. So that was awesome. Just, just being in a place, and I just love the landscape, dude. The weather, I fucking love that. A nice cloudy, foggy day. Oh, I love that, dude. And yeah. it's chilly. You get some. Oh. I found places where I would get like uh, some, some, some tea. Or some even hot water with lemon, mm-hmm. just and and feeling like your your feet, you're like I gotta take care of my throat for this month, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a fucking athlete, you know. Yeah. Like that, yeah, totally. Um, and that weather is perfect for that. Oh my you god! And like a biscuit with jam and clotted cream, and you're like, oh, I'm oh. fucking British as hell, right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm so fucking British, bro. <laughs> Not even British. That's the Scottish would hate that. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know what yeah. you mean, though. I'm so but, UK right now, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. So yeah. fucking Scottish, bro. It was the best. It was the best. Um, there was um, <laughs> there was one moment though I like to skip, even okay. though I'm reliving this memory. Okay, I love this. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I ended up getting food poisoning while I was out, and it would happen very quick. At 2 a.m. Outside of the city on the opposite side of where I lived. And we were eating like, I think it was like fried mushrooms. Right? Mm -hmm. Finishing the fried mushrooms. It's 2 a.m. 
my phone's kind of dying. My friends have the, my Canadian friends are on their bikes. They're going to bike over to their house or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. No problem. I'm going to get a cab. I go to get a cab. It's 2 a.m. It's way too busy. So I'm waiting for it. And I'm like, oh, I got to drop a deuce. <laughs> um, I go back into the place to eat. And there's just like frat dudes. They look like frat dudes. They're in there. And I'm like, all right, cool. Lads. Just, lads. Yeah. I go into the bathroom and there's no stall door. So I'm like, I'm not doing this here. Okay. There's no way I'm doing okay. this here. One of those frat guys walks in and sees me taking a dump. They're all coming in. They're going to fuck with me. <laughs> There's no way I'm doing this. So I get out. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to walk because there's no cabs. No cabs are coming. I'm at 2%. I just texted Kate. Hey, just unlock the door downstairs. I have to walk home. It's an emergency. Send. I click send. It dies. My wow. phone dies right there. And I'm like, fuck, I'm half an hour walk from my from my house. I got to walk through the city. I start walking, and then I'm feeling it. My body's like, yo, I know you're clenching cheek right now, but this is going to happen. It's going to happen wow. right now. And I'm like, no, no. So I'm like running. I'm trying to find an alley. I see a bunch of garbage cans in this alleyway. I'm like, this is my spot. I start moving garbage cans out of the way, and I see a camera pointed at me. And I'm like, fuck. So I put the garbage cans back. And then I'm like, just keep walking deeper into the alley. And then there's like this little section where it's just like clear. There's just nothing there. There's like just bricks on the floor. It's clear. There's a little gate. So I have to like kind of move my foot over this way. And it's, you have to step over it. But when you're clenching cheek, that's a feat in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I finally did it. I get to the middle and my body's like, it's happening now. I'm undoing my belt. I'm running towards this little section. As soon as I get to the middle, motion sensor lights and it's like fucking football stadium like boom no hear them all turn on (laughs) and then i just stop undoing my belt and i go no 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 out loud and it just comes pouring out dude it comes pouring out and then i have a moment where i'm like this isn't real right this isn't real, right? And I look up to the sky as I feel it all happening, and it starts to rain, dude. It starts to fucking rain. And then I'm like, what just, the, just the phrase, I look up to the sky, is so epic. <laughs> I can't explain to you. It's the first time I've ever had an out-of-body experience. Uh, no, no pun intended. Because <laughs> it all came out of body, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all came out of body. And I'm like, I'm half an hour away from my house. And then I was like, what do I do? And I stood there. If if there was a camera on me, they'd see me look up to the sky, look back down, stare at like my feet and just sit there for maybe a full 30 seconds. And they realized like, I still have to walk home. My phone is dead and it's starting to rain and everything I have on me might fuck up because of the rain. So I got to go and I got to go now. Right. So then I have to step over that little gate again. And it feels way different than the first time I did. (laughs) So then I go back out on the street and then I hear more lads, drunk Uh lads, dude. I'm talking like walking down the street singing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. So I like I I just ran through the alley again, went to the other street and I'm just dipping. I'm just running as fast as I can. And they have all these uh, dumpsters out on the street. So whenever I'd see people walking up my side of the street, I had to like leapfrog over to the other side and I would hide next to dumpsters 
So if they do like smell something, I'm like, fucking dumpster's nasty, huh? You know, like I could just try to play it off. Wow. This situation combined with your natural, like a desire to either not be visible to people or guilt or the feeling of like wanting to be as agreeable and pleasant as possible to people is like extra nightmare status. Dude, this is, let's put that in the hell, personal hell. <laughs> let's put this whole story in there. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so how did do you, and, and that's it. And then you get back home. And no, no, no. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I didn't even get to the, the, have you, you've been the Cowgate, right? You know where the Cowgate yeah. is? Grass market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to run to there, right? And once I got there, I'm like, okay, I have to really. And this is the biggest party street. Of yeah, the, the biggest. So yeah. once I once I get there, I'm like, all right, I got to tie my shoes because I'm going to run. I go to tie my shoes and I see it on my sock. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It's <laughs> it's horrible. It's the most disgusting thing. I hate yeah. this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, okay. And the worst part is that I don't look like anybody out there. Like if they saw me yeah. again, this is, I think, week two. If they saw me on week three, they go, I remember that guy. Okay, sure. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm big as hell. I'm brown. I'm bald. I got a backpack on. I'm dipping. <laughs> yeah. I look. I might as well just be wearing an American flag, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and I'm dipping through all these people. Yo, I had to, like, run through groups of drunk people. And I'm hearing in the back, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, just as I'm running. And I'm just like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I'm running. I'm running. I get through. You know, I don't even care if anybody said anything or whatever. Like, yeah, I just have to yeah. go. Just don't look at my face, please. And then I get to this big park. And then I'm like, fucking, I made it. I just have to get through the park and I'm fine. Right. As I'm walking through the park. Is this um, the meadows? Yes, the meadows. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going down this little hill. Um, and then <laughs> I feel so bad. There was a dude on a bike that like just sped by me just fucking and i'm like oh i feel bad for this guy he's just breathing it all in <laughs> it's so gross um so then i'm like i'm not going to use the the um that street that's there because what i just saw was everybody who was working at the circus just got let out and i guess they just had a late mm-hmm. show so then i'm seeing like a sea of people coming out of the circus towards us and, the, and those are the me. sexiest people at the festival <laughs> they're all like cut at the best shape of their lives their whole <laughs> thing is is stretchiness and perform i remember seeing the circus people and being like these people are having incredible sex or they're not having sex at all uh <laughs> every night of the festival yeah know? oh my god okay so you avoid the circus people i'm running through the trees like bigfoot dude i'm just dipping <laughs> and there's a part of me there's a point where like my brain goes are you serious because my body goes oh by the way you have to pee and you have to pee pretty bad. And then in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to piss myself on top of this. I'm still a person. I'm still a human. I know what just happened, but I'm going to wait till I get home. I don't care. So then I just keep dipping. I dip, dip, dip. I did maybe, I think it was like a, a 30 minute walk or a 40 minute walk. I did that shit in maybe 25 minutes because I ran so, yeah. just so fast. Like, like my life depended on it. Um, I get to my house and I go, holy shit, I don't know if the text message got to Kate. Right. Because I sent her the text message and my phone died. Yeah. So we're on the fourth floor. So I get to the door and I'm like, I I was like, you know what? I'm not going to turn this knob yet. I'm just going to take a piss next to this garbage can. 
because I made it home and I deserve that. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's next to the garbage can. I grab the doorknob. I turn it. It's unlocked. And I was Whoa. like, okay. oh, my God. But Whew. then now I got to walk up four flights of stairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it is the worst feeling on your legs. Okay? Because I'm feeling it every step. And I'm like, oh, my uh. God. And then I remembered, oh, shit, we have people over every night. So right. there might be an entire room filled with friends there. Yeah. I get to my door. I open the door. Bro, for the one, well, the one night out of the whole month, everyone's in bed. Everyone's in bed, dude. And I was like, what the fuck? I just hop right into the shower. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm washing everything till like 5 a.m. You know? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking throw my shoes out, I throw my pants, I throw everything out. I'm washing the bathroom now. All this stuff. I get to my You bed. had other shoes. And you yeah. just ditched these shoes entirely. Yeah, I don't want to see them again. Wow. I, I wow. like it did, didn't even get that much damage to them, you know? But I'm like, yeah, not even gonna try. I don't want to see them. Yeah. This is <laughs> it's just a memory, you know? These are my unlucky shoes. Yeah. And I end up going to sleep and I wake up. Um, I wake up cause, uh, Kate and Schaefer are by their shoes. And then one of them are like, Oh, my shoes are still a little wet from last night. And then the other one's like, "Ugh, that's the worst. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, you don't understand what happened to me last <laughs> night. You don't fucking, Oh, your shoes are a little wet. Get the fuck uh... out of here. Ask me where my shoes are. <laughs> How was the show the next day? Um, I did it on stage. I told the whole story on stage. Really? And the only person that laughed was Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Because she was like, oh, my God, that's what happened. And they were just like, this is gross. Why are you telling us this? You know what I mean? (laughs) So I was like, okay. Plus, I wasn't wasn't that good of a comic yet. You know? Right, right. I was just telling them a story. I didn't know where the beats were. Your life was funnier than you were on stage. Yeah, yeah. Because to them, they're and, like, it's the first time seeing this guy and he's telling us this. This guy's kind of gross, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. so this is, okay. So you would, you would erase this from the memory you would relive. I don't gotta, I don't gotta relive that. Because this is the kind of, I mean, the, this story, the, the way this show sometimes goes, mm-hmm. this, this story, this story self-contained is the level of detail of many people's memories they would choose to relive. But this is, you had to go into this level of detail to be like, listen, these are the things we need to expunge from the record. <laughs> Every Everything else this whole month, I, I want, keep, but please delete this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it, it haunts me. I think I'm happier when there's uh, things that are just simple, you know? Like, there was a there was a um a Spanish restaurant around the block from us. I'd get my coffee there every day and I'll get a little yeah. something for breakfast. And I'm like, that's beautiful. I want to relive that. You know? And I'd say hi in Spanish to the lady and she'd say hi to Spanish mm-hmm. to me. And it felt great because I was like, hey, I could speak my language here. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's different. There's a lot more with her because she's from Spain. But, you know, it's cool, it's simple, you know, it's kind and I was happy, you know, that's something sometimes, uh, that's worth reliving too. It's a little simple stuff, but you really would remove this story, even though it provides so much entertainment and joy, <laughs> at least to me, 
um, in the retelling. Um, yeah. I mean, like, if this is the end of my life and I get to choose one memory to relive, I think it's safe to say I don't have to run through Edinburgh <laughs> with shit in my pants. I think that's okay. I'd rather not. I'd rather not do that again. I think that's a one-time thing. What's your coma? In the sense of, Mm -hmm. for me, it was a literal coma. Mm -hmm. A moment that very clearly marks a before and after period in your life. Where before you were one version of Franco, after you were a different Franco. Or maybe a layer was removed. And it doesn't have to be monumental and crazy and dramatic. It can be mundane. Mm-hmm. but and, and I think most people have multiple sort of coma moments in their life. But what was okay. one for you? Um, I think I think for sure um, getting into comedy. I think starting improv. That's where I started. I started improv first. Oh really? Yeah, I did improv for about I a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um and that's how I met my girlfriend Angelique. Um so we or I started an improv and then that changed a lot for me outside of improv. It's it changed a lot of things. Um dude, I'm telling you my self-confidence. I I I was so I was so bad, so, so, so bad, so much social anxiety, so much like self-esteem issues, all that stuff. Comedy 100% broke me out of that because I get to go in a room in front of complete strangers and then tell them things from, you know, uh, whether it be personal or just funny, whatever. And at the end, if I did well, they all liked me and I just basically created the room I wanted to be in after the show. You know, when I walk into a room full of strangers, I'm like, I don't know how they feel about me. But after I do well and I get off stage and they're all still there and I know that they laughed at my shit, I'm like, these people are all, all like me. I can breathe. Mm. They all think I'm funny. You know, I can breathe. I can be comfortable here. And that helped me out so much with my self-confidence, knowing that I'm not a weirdo, knowing that, you know, I am likable and, and, and realizing that and, and I can talk to people a lot easier. I can laugh you know, in in a room full of people I don't know very well now, um, that changed my life so much, so so much. So it gave you almost a specific tool for counteracting the self consciousness mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I gotta say, like, I think um, right before COVID or during COVID, I was the heaviest I've ever been, like the heaviest. And I was still, I still felt like, Hey, I'm okay with what I look like. I still feel good. I still, you know, and it's because of comedy. It's because I'm like, uh, I like myself a little more because of that. I'm not constantly Mm -hmm. thinking about what other people might think of me when I can just go out there and find out if they like me or not, you know? (laughs) Right. So it was like a, a, I don't know, like a dipstick or something where you can like, you know, constantly check like, okay, do people still like me? You know? Yeah. But then, but then the flip side is that if you have a bad set, mm-hmm. does that not ruin you? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like a perfectionist. Like I, I, 
I hate working on new shit. I force myself to to do it, but like if I have a joke I like, dude, uh, I'll, let's say eighty percent of my set is good. If that one joke bombs, I bomb the whole set. I'll get off stage and I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. dude, fuck, I'm an idiot. People come out to me, be like, good set, and I'm like, thanks. I'll turn around and be like, you fucking liar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm just so in my own head, like it has to be right. And I'm like, I want to do a set immediately. I gotta, I gotta figure this thing out. I have to crack it. I have to crack it. I get right. so obsessive over it. Um, but yeah, like it's, but I kind of love that. It's so fucked mm-hmm. up, but I kind of love that. Um, well, I gotta say yeah. this, this, so this change from uh, to adding self confidence, shedding a bit of the hyper awareness of other people. It sounds kind of precarious. It doesn't sound like it is super reliable. It's it sounds like because of these factors you're still at risk for um worrying too much if people like you at any moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does is that is that not the case or is there or is there any way in which you look back before comedy and you're like well, it never gets, you know, I, I think about like the, the times my like depression has been worse, mm-hmm. the, the worst, you know, and like, I take like three different meds now mm-hmm. and it's like, and, and, and even still when the, when the fall hits, when mm-hmm. the winter hits, shit gets low. Yeah. And, and, but it never gets, or, or. I, the last couple of years, it hasn't gotten as low as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like that where you're like, well, I'm still a little bit hyper aware, but it's not like it was before. Yeah. Or are you like, just, is it just like, well, it's still like it was before, but at least I have this thing I can go do. Yeah, no, it's, it, it doesn't get as bad as it used to. Um, and that's because I know I have this baseline of like, oh no, I, I can do this. I am funny. I am likable. Like, uh, you know, I'm people, people don't think I'm crazy. This guy doesn't think I'm robbing him at his convenience store. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, it's a lot better than it was before. So what did you, did you have anything that gave you that before? Um, you mean like, did I have anything that saved me from spiraling out? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like what, it, what was it before comedy or, or was the, the sort of hell you described of having a job you hate and nothing else you like in your life? Was that just the way it was before comedy? Um, I think it was, I grew up in a small town, so I had the same group of friends that were really, really close. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had that where I didn't really meet new people or whatever. And if I did, I'd always go back to, to my homies and we'd go to my friend Gary's house. And like, I had that, like, you know, I'm cool here. You know, I can be me here. I can be, I can relax. Mm. I can do that here or I'll play video games and just hide from everything. Um, I had that, but this comedy is kind of more attacking it head on. Yeah. Rather than like, let me just go to my safe space comedy is more like let me act let me actively go into a room full of strangers and you know see if i'm right about this or if i am actually f- fun and funny and likable 
Yeah. That makes sense. And the, the right about this would be like the negative thing. Like, yeah, can yeah. I prove myself as, as dog shit as I feel or yeah. can I, and it's interesting that you say like your safe space because the way you're describing comedy, it feels like a risk space, mm-hmm. but you're, but you're getting to safety through taking that risk. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What, what th- threw you into the improv uh, um, class in the first place? I was too afraid to do stand up. Okay. So I was like, let me try. Well, first of all, whose line was my favorite show. Still is one of my favorite shows. I, I I love it. It's so fun. It's silly, all that stuff. Um, but I remember I was at my friend, my again, my friend Gary's house, um, and we we're at a party, and I was in the living room, and I was telling a story, and before I know it, there's you know uh, Gary's older brother, his friends start hanging out in the living room. They're trying to listen to the story, and then more people start listening to the story. Next thing you know, I have like ten, fifteen people in the living room listening to the story. And everyone, every time someone comes up, I have to catch them up on the story and mm-hmm, I'm doing mm-hmm. it in a different way where it's still entertaining to all of them, you know, yeah. where they're like, we heard this part twice already. And then someone else would come in and they're like, oh my God. And then here I would go and I would break it down even shorter, but it's still funnier and all this stuff. And at the end of all that's that story, um, uh, my friend's older brother was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta do stand up." And I was like, I'd laughed it off. Cause I was like, that's not a real thing. That's just actors who ha- have a funny script. You know, I didn't know what stand-up was. Very naive of me. Because this is what? Somewhere in high school? You know, I'm like, you can't just start doing comedy. He's like, yeah, you can. And he's like, there's an open mic at the Stress Factory. You can just go and, and try. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. You know, and I went. I probably watched the open mic like three weeks in a row. Because mm-hmm. um, I was too afraid to to do it myself. By the second or third week, I caught myself editing someone else's material in my own head mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I want to hear more of that. He could expand it here. He could have gone this way with it. Or, you know, uh, she should have said the funny thing at the end there. This was the word. And and I'm doing this. And and then by the third week, I'm like, I think I can do this, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, so let me try improv because this is too scary. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's so funny because I do think going to see an open mic is such a good way because Mm -hmm. you know all shade intended like you see how the 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 confidence of people who shouldn't be confident and you're Mm -hmm. like well i'm not gonna be the worst person doing this thing yeah so it demystifies it in a way but that's so funny that you like had it demystified you you got the confidence of your like uh ooh, okay i'm 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 tweaking things i'm 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 becoming a tinkerer and let me go to improv <laughs> like yeah. i still am afraid that's so funny yeah i did improv and then i started doing stand-up and i think three three to six months into stand-up i took a stand-up class and that helped oh. me out a lot because it, it not because it taught me brand new things it did a few things here and there but it was like oh this thing i was thinking about it has a name there's a rule of threes that's a thing yeah. in comedy. And I'm like, oh, I was mm-hmm. thinking about that too. Or like putting the punchline at the end. You know, they're like, oh, that's a thing. It solidified a lot of my own thoughts where I didn't know where I got them from, but I just I just knew how to do it. And then I was like, okay, let me use these tools. Now that I know that these are actual tools, let's go for it. And I mean, I still I still freaked out when I did it the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. I wrote what I thought was three minutes and I ended up finishing in a minute and a half, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Was that was, the time limit at the mic? It was just it was a three minute a three minute mic because there was so many comics there. Oh, that shit's so intense, dude. Yeah, and because um, it's the it's the A club, it's mm-hmm. the only A club we have in in Jersey, really. Um, so A club for people listening is just they bring the big headliners, you know, the Tom Segura's and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so. You, it's the first time you're up there for the first time. You don't know what to do with the mic stand. You you realize how bright the lights are. You're hearing your voice for the first time. You can't see anybody. You know, it's it's definitely fight or flight when you're up there and you can't do either. Yeah. So it's like, just get through that material. And I got off and it was the same. The feeling I got when I walked right out after my set was the same feeling you would get if like all your friends were like, dude, jump off the roof, jump off the roof. <laughs> and you do. And everything is fine. No broken bones, nothing. Like you land and you're like, yeah, it's that type of shit. That's what it felt yeah. like. And I ended up, I did get laughs. I got a few laughs. And then I was like, holy shit. I love this. I want to do this again. And then you keep doing it again. And it turns out you're jumping off a roof and you're constantly breaking bones. And you, you discover <laughs> yeah. that actually it's quite a big fall. From yeah. The roof. Yeah. I should have rolled. I should have <laughs> rolled. I didn't roll. that is the show thank you for listening go check out franco all the links to his twitch and his youtube and his instagram are in the show notes click on the link to my newsletter in the show notes that's where i want you fuck all the social media platforms get get on the uh the newsletter and long live mimi parker long live low and until next week remember you are a mist. You can do half a you are human. 